Coming up, a book that helps you do good while eating well. A chilling look inside of modern Russia. Plus our distraction of the week. I'm Mel. I'm Dave. This is the Library of Lost Time. There's a nonprofit organization called the World Central Kitchen, which I'm going to refer to as WCK. Okay. It was founded by Chef Jose Andres in 2010. And their work is guided by the belief that food is a universal human right. When people are in peril anywhere in the world, from natural disasters like hurricanes, wildfires, tsunamis, volcanic eruptions, or if they're in peril from violence in their countries, WCK are first responders. They send teams of people to provide fresh, nourishing meals on the front lines. That's amazing. I imagine that would be work with a lot of feels. Yes, strong agree. And they're not showing up with like boxes of packaged food. They are showing up with pots and cooking fresh food for people to really nourish their bodies and provide that comfort that homemade food provides. Yeah. It started when Chef Andres went to Haiti after a terrible earthquake. This is in 2010. He cooked alongside displaced families in a camp and fed people in need. And that gave him the idea for this organization. So since then, WCK has responded to crises around the world and served more than 300 million meals. Wow. They prioritize local ingredients so they can support the local economy. And they partner with local restaurants and food trucks to directly feed the people who live there. So they're a pop-up restaurant in the most terrible places on earth. Exactly. This past September... WCK dispatched teams to Morocco within hours of that terrible earthquake and set up a relief kitchen. They were in Hawaii in August after the wildfires. And since February of 2022, they've been providing meals to the people of Ukraine, both in occupied cities and on the borders of countries where people are fleeing. Now they've taken all of their stories and recipes and collected them in a book. Whoa. It's called The World Central Kitchen Cookbook, Feeding Humanity, Feeding Hope. And the first thing to know about this book is that all of their proceeds from the cookbook will go to support their emergency response work. So even if you never cook a recipe from this book, yeah. buying it supports them. Yeah, You can also support them directly on their website, which I encourage you to do. The book is beautiful. And the recipes are organized into sections that represent WCK's values. So empathy, hope, urgency, adaptation. They've taken those headers and really cleverly filled them with recipes that emotionally support that term. Right. The recipes represent the places they've been around the world. So there's the flatbread served after an explosion in Lebanon, the borscht served in Ukraine, a one-pot curry pasta served in Haiti, a stew served in Puerto Rico. And in between the recipes is really beautiful writing and banger photos of how food brings people together to nurture them in tough times. This book would make an excellent gift for yourself or someone you love. And if you want to feel better about the world, WCK and this book and the recipes are a really good place to start. It's the World Central Kitchen Cookbook, Feeding Humanity, Feeding Hope. I'm going to tell you about a book with a very strong sense of modern Russia. It's nonfiction. It is a challenging read. Harrowing is what Publishers Weekly called it. It's I Love Russia, and it's by a woman named Elena Kostyuchenko. She is, to me anyway, pretty young. She's 36, but she's been a journalist for 20 years. 
Wow. Yeah. She started working at her local paper when she was 16 back in 2003. She went to Moscow in 2004 to study journalism. She got an internship at a paper there called Novoya Gazeta and then a job. That paper has been described as, quote, the last major publication consistently critical of the Kremlin. Sounds dangerous. Yes. There, Kostuchenko was the first writer to cover Pussy Riot, the all-female Russian punk band. And then, in 2022, Russia attacked Ukraine. On the day of the invasion, she left Moscow to head behind the lines. From Ukraine, she filed stories about the occupation and some of the war crimes there. And then after she'd been there a while, she learned two things from friends back in Moscow. First, her paper had been shut down, partly because of the things she'd written. Mm -hmm. And second, a well-connected friend tells Kostuchenko that there's an order for her arrest and assassination. Sure. Change your plans because they know where you're going. Do not cross a Russian checkpoint. Do not return to Russia. So the reporter escapes Ukraine and heads to Germany, and there she believes that her government attempted to assassinate her. Holy cow. Yeah. She was poisoned, maybe in an embassy, maybe on a train. She wrote an article about that experience, and we'll point you to it so you can read that. She has released a book about her relationship with Russia. And as you imagine, it's emotionally complicated. She, she loves her home and her family and other Russians. She might not see it ever again. And her homeland has tried to kill her. If you're curious about her story or what it's like to live in Russia, I Love Russia, Reporting from a Lost Country by Elena Kostuchenko is out now. And now our distraction of the week. The best new public library of the year has been announced. Fantastic. Yeah, it was announced a while back, but I'm catching up and, and maybe you are too. I was delighted to find out that this was a thing, <laughs> that there is an award like this. Every year, the International Federation of Library Associations and Institutions decides on the best new public library of the year. And this year, the competition had 16 libraries from 11 countries. The finalists included beautiful libraries in Australia, China, and Slovenia. But the winner, the winner was the Biblioteca Gabriel Garcia Marquez in Barcelona. It's a neighborhood library. It's five stories tall, roughly shaped like an octagon with huge windows everywhere. There's plenty of sunlight inside. Some people say the building itself looks like a haphazard stack of books. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And the library's a community hub. They offer workshops there on creativity and languages and digital literacy. The award jury chair said, quote, The Biblioteca Gabriel Garcia Marquez is a great example of how a library can serve as a crucial link between people and communities. The entire building process, including the selection of materials, has been characterized by rigorous, sustainable choices and bold and ambitious solutions. The Biblioteca Gabriel Garcia Marquez is a true role model for future library buildings in years to come. I'd also like to mention that the library is about a block from a well-regarded pastry shop and a park <laughs> where you could sit and enjoy a piece of apple cake and maybe a coffee and enjoy the new-to-you books. While we're on the subject of libraries, there's one more thing I wanted to mention. The Brooklyn Public Library has started producing limited edition library cards. Wow. Yeah. Like collectible library cards? Yeah, collectible library cards. These cards are part of a celebration of the 50th anniversary of hip-hop. 
Cool. They feature local hero Jay-Z. The cards come in 13 different flavors and feature artwork from each of his 13 solo albums. Different branches are issuing different cards to encourage people to visit libraries through the borough. Genius. Yeah, and it's working. The cards have increased library membership by about 14,000 people in September alone. If you're a resident of New York State or a student there, you can get your limited edition Jay-Z library cards while supplies last. Visit strongsenseofplace.com slash library for more on fantastic public libraries and all the books we discussed today. Thanks for joining us in the Library of Lost Time. Remember to visit your local library and your independent bookstore to lose some time yourself. Stay curious. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you.